You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and I am so happy to be here with you today. Loving that we get to spread good news. We get to do shows that are uplifting, motivational, helping people to become the very best version of themselves. And today I am so excited that I get to interview a very remarkable man who I recently met through the Ted McGrath branding system for coaching. And what an amazing coaching system that is. And Donovan, you're going to be telling us more about that and your, your situation with them and as an executive coach and who you are and what you do. But I want to start out by welcoming you and having you jump into the story. Tell us your story, because as I've been coached by you, I've realized that you come with so much versatility, your creative right brain as well, and such an amazing man. I want to hear your whole story, and I'm sure our listening audience does too. Great. Okay. So I can dive right into Zingerman's Deli in 1993. So uh, I am sitting there with an airline captain. I'm doing an informational interview because uh, it's a good idea to get a you know a, an idea of what the profession's like. Uh, only problem was I'd already finished five years of college, so it took me five, not four. And uh, I along the way, I also had to get a lot of flying certificates. So I had a private pilot's license. I had multi-engine. I had instrument rating. And so all these different certificates that I added and piled on top of the already expensive college expenses over those five years. So I had, uh, you know, chunked on quite a lot and I was done. I was already done, but I could see this guy was so excited about flying. Like you talk about uplifting. I could tell he got joy from flying and that he was uplifted literally in the airplane, but also just like, this was his thing. He had found uh, what really mattered to him the most. And he was doing work that mattered to him big time. And uh, in that moment with him so excited, I realized I don't feel that excited about this. I mean, I didn't throw up in the plane the first time I went through. So I checked the box of at least going up in a small plane. <laughs> so that was good. But I didn't have this kind of rabid passion that he had for it. So in that moment, I just decided oh, no go, no go to aviation. That's so interesting that you were able to see his passion and realize that you did not share that. So that wasn't your purpose, calling and mission. No, I, I think something was telling me in that moment that I have what I'm doing now as my purpose. So that was 1993. And, uh, you know, so from that conversation, I just decided I'm going to do some soul searching in my 20s. And I'm going to, you know, figure out what I'm just as like, what's the work that matters to me? Like it matters to him. I figured out in that moment that there's probably work that matters to every individual just as much as it matters to him to fly airplanes. And we do want people flying our airplanes that are that rapidly passionate about flying, hopefully. Um, so they don't get bored up in the sky. Cause uh, I could see like, it wasn't going to have that same kind of pull for me. So, so let's talk a little bit more about the story from there. So from there, I did do that soul searching. So I had a chance to work with the family business doing furniture refinishing throughout my twenties and uh, plenty of time just sanding away and, you know, a lot of times, you know, I was running some jobs, 
uh, with groups of people, but a lot of times just like, you know, with noisy sand or running or just a lot of time to just sit and think. Um, and so I, the Columbine shooting happened in the late nineties, right around the time. Uh, well, I forgot, like my, my wife and I were sitting on the couch and it hit like both of us, like a lightning bolt that I needed to be helping people. Like that was my gift. And, uh, I was helping her through her work day. And that's when it hit both of us. Like, this is really, this is, this is what I'm good at. This is really my thing. And so that was exciting to find it. So I explored a lot of different things like psychology and sociology and social work and blah, 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 all these different, you know, helping professions. But when the Columbine shooting happened, I thought, well, that's, that's enough of a game changer, you know, if popularity and being known in the world, fame at any costs includes um, doing something that's, you know, making this big, bold statement in a very violent and, and terrible way. Um, I'm going to go figure that out. I think that's enough of a game changer in human history and in American history that I'm going to go figure that one out. And I decided that I'm not going to read anybody's book that they throw together in the late nineties around why that happened. Cause this was brand new as a, as a thing, uh, especially to that level. And then we've had that happen many, many, many times since, but for me, I was on the front lines over the next 20 years in the schools because I decided to be a school counselor. And so that's what specific way of helping I picked. So was that what you chose after the Columbine experience was that you wanted to go and be a school counselor and help youth? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't call it a frontliner back then, but I did. I just said, I'm going to go on the front lines and figure this out for myself. You know, if this is where the, the, you know, the violence and the, in the, you know, psychological issues are cropping up, I'm going to go in there and figure it out. And so that was my mission is to go in there and figure it out, get on the front lines and, you know, roll my sleeves up and work with those kids directly. So I'm not like making up things out of the blue, you know, like somebody could write a book in the late nineties and just make something up out of the blue. So I did, uh, you know, I took a massive pay cut from the family business to go in there to, to into the schools to discover why that happened. And so along the way, I did discover why shootings happen and I did discover why suicides happen. And so, and, you know, really, if anybody was a fly in the wall of a school counseling office, probably anywhere in America, they'd understand why we have a lot of the problems we have. That is really fascinating that you felt drawn to go and be a solution to that kind of crisis, to that kind of trauma. And so how long were you in the school counseling position? Yeah, 20 years. So I did 17 years at the high school level. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't take long before, uh, you know, I was dealing with a tragedy. We had 9-11 happen in my first couple of months in the schools. So that was a global thing, but it was another one of these global game changers. So we had Columbine, then we had 9-11. So it was kind of like things were starting to change, not for the better, you know, some, some things that were kind of making anxiety be up for people more than ever, the stability being pulled out from underneath us and, uh, you know, feeling like anything, anything goes, it's not just over there where bad things happen. It's, you know, happening in any person's backyard. Um, yes, it could happen anywhere to anyone. I want to ask you, and I, I know we could do a whole nother show just on your experiences in the education system as a counselor and what youth are going through back then versus, and now with COVID and everything that, that the social dilemma that we have and the masks and all of that. And so, but what did you learn about 
youth and how they handled this? Was it something that they were oblivious to, or could you feel the tension for them? And were you, did you live near the Columbine incident? No, no, I didn't. I do now. So I was in Michigan and I moved from Michigan to Colorado. It wasn't because, you know, Colorado is where the, the shooting happened. It just happened to be where I got uh, a job okay. in school counseling. Um, yeah. So I, I think in the first month, besides the Columbine, or besides 9-11 happening, what happened locally is a quarterback took his life on the football team. So that was in my first couple of months of my entire career as well. And mm -hmm. so the, the, what, what I realized is like, if you don't care about life, you might not care about your own or anybody else's. So that kind of, that kind of explains where it could go off the self-harm and violence to self or taking your own life, or it could go off into the harming of others and wanting to be part of, you know, something destructive toward others, you know? So when, when we have this absence of joy and care and uh, desire for life, we'll just lose it for everybody, you know? So that's, right. that's kind of what I discovered. You're going to love people to the degree you love yourself and you're going to value and honor other people's lives to the degree you value and honor your own. And that just makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, throughout those years, I figured out a couple of things. One is we started, uh, we did after that suicide, we did like circles of understanding. So we pulled all the students together, community members together, family members and, and teachers that all wanted to do something to just kind of you know, turn the corner, you know, there was a lot of racial tension because the, the student was a Hispanic quarterback. And so some people said, you don't know him because you don't have that, you know, that you don't come from our culture. Other people say, well, he's a football player. You didn't know him. You're not a football player. And so then there was some actual serious polarization in the school and serious tensions. Um, and so we did what's a restorative practice called circles of understanding, you know, going back from ancient times where people would just gather around the fire to figure things out. And uh, that was super powerful. And then the kids named them peace circles. So it was kind of like one of those, those things that the kids wanted to name it. And uh, it wasn't just about, you know, kumbaya and let's have a good feeling thing. The kids eventually, as we kept iterating and changing this for the better, there was a big component of what are you going to do after you leave this day of circling up and kind of brainstorming what the big issues are? What are you going to do about the issues? So that kind of took off through Northern Colorado and now it's global. Um, no, was that something that you initiated? Not, not entirely. I mean, I, I definitely saw like these tensions were something we couldn't ignore. And I had just gotten out of my graduate school and we had been ignoring it and or not ignoring it, but we needed to do something about it. So I had a conversation with another counselor who knew the restorative person. They got that person going. And before you know it, uh, you know, this, this thing's now global. Got from it. that point, from that moment, and just from those initial discussions. So if we move called peace circles, are they still called yeah. peace circles? Yeah, they're still called peace circles globally now. So the kids came oh. up with that back in 2001. Well, this is huge. The, the evolution of where you are today and what has gone in and the, the deep, compassionate, empathetic heart that you have and the desire to create solutions and help people to find the best version of themselves. I've experienced being coached by you. And I just was amazed at your phenomenal way to put the storyline together for me. So we will be right back to ask more questions. This is Carolyn Grant. We're Joy Coaching America.
from sea to shining sea and beyond. You're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. We're back. This is Karen Lynn Grant and we're Joy Coaching America today. And I love these positive, upbeat people that I meet that are true coaches for greater joy, greater love, greater empathy, which is what the world needs now and right now. And yet, Donovan, you just shared with us how you were instrumental in helping to create peace circles, which are now very global for youth and having having youth come together when there's crises and, and what youth does not go through crisis on a daily basis, even in the confines of his own home or her own home. And so I think that what you have been a part of initiating and been a part of creating is just phenomenal globally. And so thank you for sharing that. So Donovan, I asked you to come here today. I want your story and I love it. I love, and I was so intrigued because you were giving me a coaching session and I was amazed at how articulately you could hear me and feel my purpose calling a mission and, and pull it out of me and then help me to define what it is that I am passionate about. You had just shared that when you went to, you know, pilot training that you realized that the pilot that was training you was way more passionate about flying an airplane than you were and that you needed to go find your perfect passion. And so I think that's wonderful what you're doing, but I would love to hear the next step in the evolution of Donovan's life (laughs) as you became uh, an executive coach for the Ted McGrath branding. And I'm sure you have your own many other things that you do as well. So we want to hear about it. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's, that is probably the biggest thing I'm doing. And uh, along with that, my own, my own coaching. So uh, the way those two things go together is, is my own specialty. So just like I'm helping everybody else create their niche and zero in on their specialty and what they've got for their zone of genius in life. Uh, it took me a while to figure that out for myself. So there was a lot of things I had to do just by virtue of fires, you know, popping up in the schools all the time. Um, and, you know, one of the big things is actually creating a, a tool for mental health where it's a traffic light. So there's just like when we're driving in the roads, we want to be safe at the intersection because we know what to do and they know what to do. And so um, crossing that intersection. So same thing with with developing a way to keep our kids safe. I had a mom who had lost her son to a completed suicide who just wanted to have some tool that gave us an earlier warning system. And we all do have drama every day and emotions every day, but they're just of one of three levels. We have a million emotions and a million emojis, but I just do green, yellow, and red like a traffic light. So we can actually know at the green level, it means you don't need a helicopter. The kid can handle it themselves. At the yellow level, we go to our support system and and somebody can handle it with within our everyday life or it's thread and it's an emergency. So that is one thing I've been really, you know, looking to push out to the world because there's so many different self-awareness systems and they just are confounding and confusing. So if we fast forward a little bit past that, what I realized is if we think about that airline captain and where I am right now and where you are with your business, we're kind of hovering between green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Like it's a nice little wave, like we're in the zone in life. And what I realized is we can proactively get ourselves into that zone 40 hours a week by nailing it with our career. If we really nail it with our true calling and have our passion and purpose, to me, that's true prosperity, true, true purpose, true passion. You got true prosperity. So that's, 
That's kind of what I got going on right now. And that comes from helping people that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and even 80s who haven't nailed it yet. And so oh, I love it. I it. love it. I remember yeah. having a woman on my massage table who came in for a massage when I was only doing massage therapy and she was 66. And after her massage, she looked up at me with tears trickling down her cheeks. And I said, oh, this, what did this bring up for you? And she said, as I'm laying here on this table, realize, I'm realizing that I have raised my children, I have raised my husband, and I still don't know what my mission is. I don't know my purpose. I don't know my calling. I'm 66. Am I too old? And I love that you just said that you help people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and 80s to find their purpose. And that's when you have your story. That's when you've gleaned the wisdom from these experiences. Not necessarily when you're 20, you're still experiencing. So I love that. And is your personal coaching system, can you tell us a little bit about what that is it the red, yellow, and green light kind of Apart, system? Well, it's actually just that that wave between green and yellow. I want to, you know, proactively help kids figure this out way, 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 way earlier. So are you, you know, working with youth? Is that your primary coaching? In my life? personal business, yeah. My personal coaching, it's primary, it's it's mainly teenagers. You know, I've got a couple other clients that are also business coach uh, clients, but mainly it's working with the teens and helping them get zeroed in. Not not to nail it. I just did a post yesterday on Instagram, a reel that just said, uh, did the did the student get complete clarity in just three coaching sessions with their career? Wow. No. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't. You know what? But they got more clarity, you know, so three sessions and we're getting more and more and more clarity. You're and honing then in. Honing You're it honing in. in. Yeah. You we know, can revise I, this forever. I had in the 10th grade, I had a career education teacher that went around the room and asked each student, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she got to me and I said, I want to be a singer, a songwriter, an author, and a mom. And she looked at me and she said, you can't want that. That won't make any money at all. And you know what? I thought to myself, I was stubborn enough at 16 that I thought, but that is what I want. And that is what I'll do. And I ended up writing a story and going that was published in guideposts and earning a scholarship to the college of my choice. And I thought, you know what? That was just seven months after she told me I could never earn any money doing what I love. And so I love what you're doing with youth instead of discouraging them about the things that they love, showing them a way and pointing them in a direction to hone in on their natural gifts, talents, strengths, and abilities to create the best version of themselves that way. I love what you do, Donovan. Cool. Yeah. Once in a blue moon, somebody's going to shoot you down in the school counseling world. But for the most part, I mean, these school counselors are putting out these hot, you know, crazy mental health fires and doing so much to support and uplift kids. But I'm sorry you had that one example of, of a rough one. Well, I think that it's evolved. I think yeah. that when I went to school, that was in 1976. I'm older. Oh, than yeah. And so it's all evolved into, I think, very proactive into helping the student to go in and find that jewel in the, you know, jewel under, not the rubble, because they haven't had rubble yet in their lives, but to go in and find that, that gem inside of them that shines so differently than anybody else's gem. So I love That's that. That's right. So you were involved in this and how long were you involved in in your coaching, in your own personal coaching? I've been doing that for uh, how much time? 
I'm sorry. So uh, it's been it's been like good six, seven years that I've had at least one coaching client of my own, two, three, four, five, you know, so a handful at a time. Uh, so that's been several years that I've been zeroing in on this niche of really dialing it in on who are you and how does that fit in the world? So, I mean, the two big questions I answer, the traffic light is how are you doing? And so I got an answer for that one. And then this one is who are you? And the answer is we're all unique and we all do have something that we can develop. We're not all, all there, at, like you said, 20 years old, but we definitely could develop the right things or we could develop the wrong things. And I want to help kids actually be in the right direction because we could be diametrically, we could be 180 degrees from where we should be going away from our place where we want to land in life. So my mission is to help kids get zeroed in on figuring out what they truly want to go after. And so that's, that's it. In two months, kids are going to come away with a plan for their future. Oh, I love it. And I, I know the quote, it takes a village to raise a child or whatever that quote is, but it's so true. I had a client that was 15. She came to me with her hair dyed black and with cutting marks on her wrists. And she came and as she, as I was having a session with her, which involves music massage and aromatherapy, I kept seeing her with a book of art in her hand. And I said to her, to called her by name and said, I just feel like you're going to be an illustrator of children's books. I'm seeing this beautiful illustrated book. Well, down the road, after several sessions, she comes holding a book. She had actually landed a job illustrating a children's book with her own unique art. And she said, I am so excited to graduate and get out of school so that I can go into my field. And that was probably five years ago. And recently her mother called me and said, she's doing so good. She is pursuing the thing that she is good at with her purpose, her calling and mission. So I love what you do, Donovan. I think that that would be one of the most rewarding careers to coach youth and how many parents would love to form a village around their child and create that. So yeah. give us, give us a, a happy thought to encourage parents to seek out help. Yeah, it takes a team to empower a thriving team. So that's my spin on it takes a village. And uh, that the part of that team is, is to invest in coaching and do it early. We don't have to wait till it's uh, a problem and we have midlife kind of desire to do something new. We can actually get zeroed in way earlier. We'll be right back. Joy Coaching America. Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Carolyn Grant, and I am being thoroughly edified here today. I hope our listeners are too. You can find this after it airs as a radio show on Loving Liberty Radio Network on a Saturday at noon. You'll be able to find this on Spotify, Pandora, Alexa, all of your favorite podcast platforms, because this is an important one. Donovan, you are really coaching our listening audience to seek out uh, those who can help and inform and fine tune 
the gem that's in the youth, in the heart of the youth and find, help them to find their gift and to pursue it with passion while they're early so that they can find a talent before they get caught up in an addiction and get so excited about their talent that they are not distracted by these other things that are pulling kids down to, you know, pulling them down because they don't know what their own gift is. So I love what you do, but that's not how I met you. I met you because I enrolled because I realized I had weaknesses in the area of marketing and social media, although I had a beautiful passion and purpose in coaching grieving women through heartbreak and heartache, children, youth, dads. And I just, it was like this huge love that I had and a niche for just wanting to help what, but not fine tuning it enough to know that when somebody's grieving, there's so much hope on the horizon and they just need a compassionate, empathetic person in their life. And so I enrolled in the Ted McGrath branding system and they lined me up with you and you're perfect because of your beautiful ability to understand a person that is highly dominant in the right brain side of their brain. So I just have really enjoyed uh, working with you, Donovan. But how did you get there? How did you uh, evolve from the coach that you are with the youth, keep that private practice going and work with Ted McGrath and being one of his executive coaches now? Yeah. So for me, it was a, a deal of not quitting the day job. So with the coaching, it was a sideline business where I said, like, like I said, I had one to five clients, uh, you know, over the course of several years, but that wasn't enough to actually step away from the school counseling. So it was, it was really getting to a point where I felt like I needed a, a, a breath of fresh air, a shot in the arm. And I also kind of realized I can be incredibly proactive uh, instead of reactive with the youth. And uh, I also was not good at sales. So I, I had an opportunity to work with a, a person before Ted for a couple of weeks, and uh, that didn't go so well on, on supporting them with their sales. And I thought, I really want to get good at this. And so I actually took a thousand sales calls for Ted uh, and helping people oh. get into message to millions. And I, I conquered that one. So you do a thousand thing, you know, do a thousand sales calls. You're going to get better at sales, especially under the tutelage of Ted and, and some of the coaches that had already figured out how to do that well. And then, and then the opportunity opened up to do the coaching. And so that's where I really found my lane and, and my genius zone of being able to help, help and support people within his system. So understanding the system, like the back of my hand was step one, um, and then implementing it and actually getting results myself was a part, another step. And then finally, to be able to help people like yourself in that program, that's where I started to realize this connection between somebody could be as old as 85 years old, still figuring it out and how nice it would be actually to get help and support this with this way younger. You know, I was talking earlier to, to someone about how the first athlete I saw start really, really young was Jimmy Connors with tennis at like four or five or six or whatever. And in sports and music and so many different areas, we do that. But what I realized in working with people like yourself in Ted's program is that, well, why aren't we doing some of these things that, you know, grownups are finally figuring out and learning with being able to market themselves, to be able to communicate what they do, to be able to attract people, to get served what it, with what is their true calling. Uh, you know, so, so that's where I made that connection. And I just found my genius zone of being able to extract, you know, go in and figure out who this person is, 
right brain, left brain, somewhere in between. It's really pulling out and extracting that key story, that key message that becomes the, the heart of your marketing and to really do it in Ted's style where vulnerability is the new courage. We got to go there and let people into our hero's journey. We got to go right into that pit. So developing that ability to, to pull that template together for all of our coaching clients helps me serve our clients very well, like yourself. And then also I see a connection for Generation Z getting it all figured out earlier. You know what? I, I love that there is a passion for this. And when I've been on those calls and I've, you know, in the chats, you're seeing what everybody's doing and that it's usually a life crisis that culminates in the breaking of your own heart that helps you to realize that you had to find the way through that crisis. And then you take the steps and you learn, like you said, you weren't good in sales, but then you went and did a thousand sales calls so that you could become an expert in an area where you felt you had a weakness. And I just think that that is so wonderful and a good thing to encourage people to do, to find, find the area where you're weak, which I know where I am weak. And now I need to become an expert at that thing and turn that weakness into a strength. And so I think it's wonderful. And to see the age groups and to encourage people of all ages and life experience to just take that and turn it into something that can benefit somebody else who's on a similar path or who's having a similar crisis or situation in their life. And now they can learn from your areas of expertise where you walked along the precipice and found, oh, I want to be the angel on the precipice so that nobody goes over that deep end. So I love what you're doing, but how did you find Ted? Oh yeah. It's just, uh, I don't remember. I, I think probably I was on his email list when he put out a call for sales coaches. And so I just answered that call and he said that, you, you know, a resume was optional. And I thought that was pretty cool too. So I made the first effort, uh, in, in getting a, like a career opportunity without having a resume. So I like that challenge of being able to just submit a video and uh, I failed seventh grade speech. So to be able to go from there to just submitting a video where I'm communicating my excitement for a position and no resume needed, I felt like we're, we're in a new era. And the Generation Z, what I believe is they're, they're going to create a resume 2.0 where they're putting their portfolios together on Instagram or whatever they're doing out there in social media to actually get that advanced look. So I found him through his email. I got the video submitted, got an interview and uh, then that took me to the sales team coaching and now coaching the clients. So you have, you have gone from one step to the next, to the next, where you are one of, are you one of three executive coaches for Ted McGrath? In the year long program. Yeah. I'm one of the, one of the three in his year long program. We have uh, a couple more that serve at the one-on-one -on -one level for the 90 day program. So yeah, I've definitely developed myself into one of the, one of the coaches that's serving people all over the planet. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a powerful and a, it's a position that I really, truly feel privileged and, and excited to have and, and to help people with their missions. It's, it's amazing. You know, I hope I can put this into words because I did experience your gift and, you know, we've only had two coaching sessions, but in those sessions, you were able to articulate the, the passion that had not been all the way completely defined in a two minute message. Like I could give you a whole portfolio of my passion, but you were able to just take it, nail it 
and re- recite it back to me in a perfect in a perfect way that I felt like he knew my heart. He knows my soul in just this little amount. And so I think that that is truly a gift on event to be able to hear people, to truly listen with your heart and then to say back to them, oh, I hear that this is what you want to do. I hear that this is what you're passionate about. I can hear that this would be your gift to humanity and the legacy that you would want to leave. And that for me was so powerful. I'd never had anybody do that before. I've had people say, what is it that you do? Because it's, it's so versatile, but, uh, and it, it, it can go in and bless people that are grieving on so many different levels and areas, but you were able to just take it, hear it and say, oh, this is what you want. This is what you're doing. That is an amazing gift to be able to do that for people. And so I want to encourage everybody to, uh, if you're looking for a coach for your child, your youth, your teenager, uh, Donovan, can you give us a website where they could go to find you or contact information? Yeah, it's getreadycoaching.com. So that's the, that's the main site and donovan.getreadycoaching.com is basically an application site for them to submit some questions to see if they qualify for a free session. So I'd be happy to provide that free session for parents or kids. Well, not parents or kids, parents and kids together. I do some business coaching as well. So happy to help. Awesome. Well, we're Joy Coaching America with Donovan and he is amazing. To Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. Today, this is Carolyn Grant interviewing Donovan from Ted McGrath Systems. But as well, Donovan, you have your own coaching practice, which has evolved from being a school counselor for 20 years and now seven years with your own private practice for parents with youth, helping teens to find their gift, their talent, get them on a track for heading for success, being excited about their own purpose, calling and mission earlier. We know that in the Ted McGrath system, it, it caters to all different age groups. I'm 62, but yet I've noticed on the calls, these Zoom calls, that there are people younger than me. There are people that are older than me. And I'm so happy to be there and to witness people pursuing their life with passion. In the process, everybody has a story. And I love that you focus on that. What is your story? And I would love to hear if you have any stories that you could share with us today about somebody whose life was changed because of your gift of influence. Yeah, I got, I've got a couple, so I don't know if I'll have time for both of them, but I'll, I've got one for, uh, yeah, the, the executive coaching and one for students. So the one, the first one is uh, turning a lawyer into a princess. So this one, I uh, had a couple minutes before class and I just said, hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like we've all been asked. And uh, she didn't say what she wanted to do. She said, I'm going 
to be a lawyer. And I was like, hmm, I noticed you didn't say you wanted to be a lawyer. So I said, look at the last week, you stole the show in our theater. Have you thought about theater? And she's like, I don't know, maybe I'm minor in it, Mr. Dreyer. She's just trying to blow me off. And uh, <clears throat> I instantly thought of like this connection between my own you know, side gig, looking to do something special in my 40s at that point. Uh, and just like her. And I thought, well, look, you've got nothing to lose right now. You got, you know, this is your time. We you don't have big responsibilities. So a lot of people like you, you can imagine you're 50 or something like that. And you got three kids. If you got the fever for theater again, you'd have too many responsibilities. You wouldn't be able to do it. So right now you don't, you, you could actually give it a shot if you wanted to. And she said right there, she said, so in two sessions, you started to figure yours out and three sessions with another student. She hasn't figured it out yet, but right there in a matter of a couple of minutes, she said, I'm going to go home and tell my parents I'm majoring in theater. And she did. Wow. So, yeah. Next year I met with mom and students. She's like, she was going to be a lawyer. What did you do? And then, and then she ultimately realized that's who her daughter was, but then they were like, Oh, but dad's not going to be on board. He wants safety, security, stability. Um, and you know, you can get, you can get kicked out of a gig in the corporate world that used to be safe and stable and secure at any given time. So, you know, to go through that misery just for those three was not okay. But eventually she ran up to me in the hall and said, dad's on board too. She ended up working for Disney. And so oh, I don't think she awesome. was a princess for Disney, but the idea is she was going down the path of being a lawyer. And then she ends up working for Disney instead, pursuing multiple passions. She discovered things she didn't even know existed because she just went for it on a, on a level that was more aligned with who she was. And that got her in a direction to see eight opportunities she never would have seen before. And it was just a matter of a couple of minute conversation that had her kind of say, you know what, I can always fall back on being a lawyer, but why don't I go for what I truly love and who I truly am? And the mom came on board, dad came on board and she went after it. Oh, I love it. I, that story is incredible, Donovan. And I'll just share that, you know, it's so important. And parents, if you're listening, that is a great thing that that, that, that mother and father did for that daughter. Uh, when I was in high school, my father said, what do you want to major in? I said, I want to be in music theater. I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. I want to, I want to be on stage and I want to do that. He said, no, I think you should be a court reporter because that's more stable and that will make more money consistently. I don't think you should be a high school music theater teacher. And so I, I just, I, I forgot what I wanted to be because I didn't want to be a court reporter. I didn't want to sit in court and listen to sad, gruesome details and sit there and type them up all day. And so I went into a place of stupor where I did not remember the dream of singer, songwriter, author, mother. And that was awakened later for me. But to have a parent both parents be on board, encourage your child to do what they are gifted at. They're going to do so much better and live so much happily ever after if <laughs> they are doing what they love. And I love Wayne Dyer when he says, do what you love, the money will follow. And sometimes it's not even about doing the thing that makes the most amount of money. If you are happy doing what you love, that is so incredible. So I love that story. And I think it's so true. And I want to just say exclamation point and amen to that. Now you have another story about yeah. an executive coaching situation. Yeah. So one of Ted's clients uh, I was working with and her dog had died that day. And so she was like, maybe we should cancel. And I go, I, I guess I'll put on my counseling hat. 
I'm thinking in my mind. And uh, I was like, look, we don't need to cancel here. Why don't we just like soak it in? I'm also thinking, look, the vulnerability, the storytelling is part of what we need to learn to do. And getting this emotional connection with our audience is what we need to learn to do. And a lot of people are coming into Ted's world and, and that's what appeals to them is the storytelling. And he is really real. So he gets crazy vulnerable and lets you totally into his life uh, all entirely 100%. And so I just thought this is a golden opportunity for her. And she also kind of disclosed that she's normally really logical, really put together. And this is how she operates is just to be more rational, put together. And she was feeling emotional. And I was like, well, then this is perfect for you to tap into these emotions. And what I believe is we've had the era of thought leadership already cool ideas and, you know, new inventions. Yay. Um, you know, I've come up with innovations innovations, (laughs) like in the social realm though, that are more powerful, like the peace circles and the, I didn't come up with that one necessarily the kids and all of us kind of came up with that collaboratively, but the traffic light was another one. That's a social innovation. So I thought this is like a prime moment for her to really grasp this whole concept of telling our story and giving a people a window into your vulnerability, because this is the dawn of the era of feeling leadership, not the rah-rah football coach, emotional leader, but to, to be able to lead with your pit moment and let people on in, in your hero's journey to that tough spot, it takes them to feel you like they're feeling what you've you're, you're sharing and they're feeling you share yourself. And they're relating and emotionally. you're you share those raw feelings. Yeah. You're approachable, relatable. And, uh, So I said, look, let's just, let's dive in. Let's hear this story. And she told me a great story about her life. And I said, okay, you got a podcast interview later tonight, roll with that. And I want people to be in this podcast, never imagining in a million years that you're usually logical and put together and very stoic. I want, you know, from now on, nobody would have imagined you're that type of person ever again. And so she got a $5,000 client then. Um, But then a little bit later, she shared her story on Instagram, on an Instagram live, and just tapped into this vulnerability and realness and emotions and kicked her logical Spock-like, you know, rational self to the curb. And she got 31 clients in 24 hours at $5,000 each. So $155,000 in a day. That is incredible. And were these all um, people that were her followers on Instagram probably? Yeah, they were, but she just suddenly kind of opened up in a way that she hadn't before. And the floodgates opened up as soon as she embraced like this vulnerability is attractive and uh, left the logical, well put together, you know, prim and proper, perfect, you know, uh, you know, flowery type of posts and kinds of things. If we let people in and we're relatable, all of a sudden, that's that's what's working right now. That's what makes a connection. Fighting against each other, resisting each other, not so much, but uh, this window of, hey, I have fallibilities, I've got you know frailties, I've got emotions, and you let people have that window in, and you're one of the modern uh, feeling leaders. I have never heard it put that way, a modern- I made it up. I looked it up on Google when I made it up uh, several years ago, and it didn't exist. And us, uh, you know, our, our client really loved it too. But uh, you know, I've got the I got the domain for, for that one because oh, I was surprised it didn't it. exist. You know, we have emotional leaders. There's thoughts and there's feelings. I was shocked that that wasn't taken because every time you Google something, it is. Uh, but look, this is something that's new. Uh, Ted's one of the leaders in this space. He is one of the feeling leaders, uh, whether he knows that's what he is or not. Oh my uh, gosh, that is beautiful. It is poignant. It is like. 
If you are an empathic, intuitive, loving leader uh, coming from the heart, coming from vulnerability, listen up because I love what Donovan is sharing with us today. There is a place for you in 2022 going forward with your heart first, not your head first, but your heart first. And this is such good news. I'm like tingling because (laughs) wow, that is so amazing. Hey, all of you who were deep feeling intuitive empathic, it's time for you to step forward and share your story and let your light so shine, be vulnerable, share the tears, share the joy, share the journey that you've been on so that you can help people who are standing on the edge of a precipice to turn the other direction, walk the other way and find their gift and bless, bless mankind. I love it, Donovan. We have a minute left and I want you to, to give us your minute your million message to millions moment uh, so that people can hear your voice and hear what you are, what you're doing for humanity. Yeah. Another big concept is we have a lot of dis-ease. And so what I want to go viral is contagious ease. And uh, the way we get that is dialing into like our story does have something special for the world. So you'll have a social innovation and that's what I help people pull out from their, their life. Their life lessons becomes a social innovation that wasn't available before. And we've got these grassroots solutions we can put out there. And we're greening the inner world as well. So our, our when we feel great on the inside and we feel that joy you talk about, to me, that's the greening of the inner world. So I love helping people, whether whatever age they are, figure out their passion and purpose. And, and that's what leads to true prosperity in life. Um, you know, when, when I think about the youth, and Generation Z, I believe Generation Z is gonna be the greatest generation of all time because we get them tapped into what makes their inner world green, what brings them joy. And uh, some people push against that, but I think it's both passion and purpose, not one or the other. We definitely gotta be able to bring value to the marketplace as they say, but why not do it with what you love? Why not do it like the the girl that worked for Disney and uh, be aligned with who you are? So I'm Donovan, it's been a a joy to work with you today. Oh my gosh, I love it. How vital this message is. Healing is contagious, not just disease. And that's what the world needs now. We're all tired of the illness, the sickness, and we wanna move into contagious healing. Thank you, Donovan, it's been a joy. For Joy Coaching America, Carolyn Grant with Donovan.